Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend Jon Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah! It could happen here is the podcast that this is right now. Would you guys would you guys solo intro this podcast, James Stout, Mia Wong? Do y'all uh do y'all just like shout atonally ever? Have you have, have y'all tried that yet? I haven't. I, I struggle with the intros. I just say hello everyone. Mm. Uh, mm. yeah. You know, See, James. Uh, nope. Nope. That's I your try that, it next time. That's your that's your East Coast Ivy League elitism uh, coming <laughs> mm-hmm. through. Yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. Ever since I was born in Boston, I uh, <laughs> I've had that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> growing up on a different side of the tracks to yourself, also from Boston, of course. That's right. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. in Train East tracks Boston. in Boston. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm yeah. not allowed mm-hmm. currently to do the accent uh, because Sophie. Uh, is that for legal reasons? Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. She's got some dirt on me. Anyway, um, we are a podcast about things falling apart. And you know what would make things fall apart worse than they already are is if Donald Trump mm-hmm. won a second term. Um, so today we're going to talk uh, partly about that and we're going to talk about the indictments against him. That's the big news, right? Um, the most recent big political news, unless he's been indicted again by the time this episode oh, drops. God. Not impossible. He's <laughs> still uh, another one ready to drop. But be- for my last count, I think he's at like 78 charges, felony charges at the moment. So honestly, yeah. he might get to triple digits. <laughs> it's not, he's not all that far. Um, there's, yeah. there, there's stuff like, I, I didn't realize, well, I, I guess I knew intellectually that you could that you could be charged with conspiracy to do something and then also doing it, but I don't think yeah. I've ever no, seen yeah. like mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I don't I don't think I've ever seen a politician charged with both conspiracy and the actual doing of the thing. Yeah, I hope at some point, assuming you know we continue to have something that resembles freedom of speech, we'll get a good book about like how the whole process of them ha- like figuring out how and when and whether to actually like go after him. Um, I mean, obviously we're talking about both like the feds and um, uh, the DA uh, in New York, uh, but I am yeah. interested in both of those stories because it, there has to be, it, uh, there, there have to have been some real interesting conversations. 
Um, but yeah, we are um, right now. He we're looking at him. Uh, he's about to be arraigned as we talk about this for uh, inciting uh, an insurrection at the Capitol. So, so that's pretty cool. Mia, you wanted to to start us off here, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think this is okay. So this is an interesting indictment in that, like, it, it somehow took them about two years to like actually do the indictment. That's like, hey, it's illegal to overthrow, try to overthrow the government by installing mm-hmm. yourself as president. Um, <laughs> and in fairness, they don't have a lot of experience <laughs> charging people with that one. <laughs> well, and, and we, we, we should actually mention they so should <laughs> Bush. Well, here's the thing: Bush, Bush. Actually, we're going to talk about this more later. But like, Bush mm-hmm. actually got away with this, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, the last time a court ruled on whether a president can use the courts to install themselves as president, the Supreme Court was like, "Yeah, that's fine. That's like no problem. Like, yeah, it's fine. You, you can you 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 can have a mob show up and disrupt the counting process, and it's fine." But Trump like fucked up and didn't do it the way you're supposed to. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, there's something sort of, I don't know, so there, there's something I was thinking about while I was reading this, which is, like, the English language doesn't, I think part of the issue here is, like, we don't, I don't know, the English language doesn't even, like, have a good word for, like, the kind of coup that Trump was doing. Like, there, there's a Spanish word, which is autogolpe, which is, like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's translated say, like, Spanish self-coup. Spanish got you covered, yeah, Spanish got a great one. In English, it translated <laughs> to self-coup, and we're just like, ah, we're done. It's like, no, no, that sucks. That I, term I, sucks. I, it's really I bad. I wish I had a better mm-hmm. Trump voice, because then I could do, like, autogolpe, <laughs> what is that? Is that like a, like a, like a 7-Eleven, the big 64-ounce Diet Coke that you get? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I can't do it. I can't do a good Trump, so that wasn't as funny yeah. as it should have been. Anyway, whatever. Mia, please continue. With your yeah. inside our heads, we heard, we heard it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, I I think you know I I think it's worth kind of thinking a little bit, and we're going to sort of come back to this as we go through this case. But I th- I think it's worth remembering that again, like everything Trump is doing in this is based off of, um, like is 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 based off of the the sort of Bush thing into in 2000 where he had a bunch of well okay so a, bu- a bunch of bush's political operatives like stormed uh, uh uh one of the one of the places that was doing the recount in florida and stopped them from counting the votes and then they just delayed it in court yeah. long enough that he was able to get appointed now the brooks brothers riot roger yeah. stone was a major part of that yeah. Yeah, yeah so we we've we've done this you know we, we talked about this on the show like the end of last year um yeah but but again, th- so the, the reason this worked, though, right, is that Bush made really, really sure that there was like a sound legal case sort of behind this entire thing. He, 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 made, he, made, he made really sure to like go through all of the proper like checks and balances and blah, 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 blah. And, but and Trump just like didn't do this. And the result of this <laughs> is that Jack Smith, like finally two years later, Jack Smith, who's this guy, he was he was appointed by Merrick Garland to like take over these two Justice Department cases about Trump. Uh, has just indicted him with this stuff. He has, so he's been charged with with three counts of criminal conspiracy, and I what I think is a count of obstruction. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to go through what what he's actually been charged. And with. I, I, I want to note something real quick, which is that another reason why it worked for Bush and it it didn't for Trump is that. With Bush, it was legitimately the election came down to Florida, right? Yeah, like it yeah. was it was yes. extremely close. It was really just a couple counties in Florida. With Trump, he was not trying to just sort yeah. of like jink jink part of a state. It was like it was a pretty <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was a, he, like Biden had a commanding lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a big dub mm-hmm. for Uncle Joe. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, so yeah like obviously like trump like just fails at this spectacularly the law is finally coming after him they so they're charging him with uh conspiracy to defraud the united states which again is the thing i didn't know you could do um and Mm, lance armstrong got that didn't he (laughs) did he oh yeah because usps was his sponsor so he was defrauding the federal government (laughs) he was doping yeah that's the the don't yeah Yeah. don't 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 do post office trump's the first guy who's not rad to get charged with that sorry james okay i I didn't i didn't (laughs) didn't my job (laughs) yeah sorry everyone i'm out no worries Mm -hmm. so this this one is this is specifically like impairing the election like impairing like the, the 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 votes of the presidential election the first one is mostly we'll talk about this more in a bit like the illegitimate electors thing that he did the second one is just him being charged for they 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 finally found a thing to charge him for doing January sixth, which was they charged him with like conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, and then they got him also with obstruction obstructing an official proceeding, which again seems like a kind of like this is I don't know it's not quite getting Al Capone for tax evasion, but like you'd think they'd have something like. More trying to overthrow for, the government, yeah, right? Like, yes, yeah, so yeah, 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 attempting <laughs> to make yourself a dictator. Bonapartism, well, not really Bonapartism, but yeah, yeah, like seditions, right there. Sedition, they, they, that's it a seems fine like one. a choice, yeah, right. Like it seems yeah, like a no, choice. No, they, they, they got him on obstruction. <laughs> okay, sure. I don't know. Like this is. I feel like our our. I don't know. Our our, our legal system seems to be sort of woefully unprepared for this. Well, yeah. yeah, it's not, again, in fairness, everyone has, before Trump, was willing to play the game, right? Like, we are, like, obviously, George W. Bush stole the fucking election. No argument there. So did Nixon. Um, but they did it with enough plausible deniability, right? That the elites yeah. were, that there was not, there was not a fear among the, the, the quote-unquote deep state or, the, you know, the people, the elites in this country that, like, this would obviously be someone overthrowing the government, right? In Nixon's case, fucking um, LBJ, like, basically refused to go after him for breaking the law and extending yeah. the Vietnam War and committing treason because it would be bad in his view for the country. What, horrible mistake, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and with George W. Bush, you know, the, he had he had the court on his side. And it like so there was there was enough plausible deniability that, you know, it it was not like it is with Trump, where he was just like, I'm going to have a mob, yeah. <laughs> like, attack yeah, the yeah, Capitol, yeah. you know? It's a like, dude in a yak hat. You know, I I, yeah. I was thinking about this, like, the last time someone actually did something like this, I, I, I think it was the corrupt bargain in, like, 1873, where just, like, like, they, there was this argument over, well, the like, Wilmington coup. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, but, like, like on, on, on the presidential level of, like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, literally so. someone, like, like, Ruth Ruby Hayes famously, like, I, they, they had basically this incredible yeah. thing where like both parties were like they, they couldn't decide who was supposed to count the votes and which whichever like part of the two parties counted the votes was going to declare that they won the that they won the election. And so they worked out this like incredible basically they worked out this compromise where like the Republicans got Rutherford B. Hayes like in office, but they also ended Reconstruction. But yeah. that but and, and that 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 was a period that was long ago enough that like you could do that shit without like involving the courts or involving this sort of like massive state apparatus. And you kind of like can't I don't know, you you can't outside of like Illinois, you can't really be that corrupt anymore. <laughs> you have to sort of yeah. like you, you I have know, to like there's a reason San Diego's called Enron by the Sea, Mia. Yeah. 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 Look, That's true. look, you have to you have to respect, you know, local culture 
with these kinds of things. And and Illinois, it, it, it would actually be like an act of, uh, of of genocide to try to make Illinois politics not incredibly. Corrupt, oh yeah, I mean, right? Like what, that's, what the, if, that's the destruction of a people. Yeah, like like one one of the most hated political figures in like the entire history of Illinois was this like state senator who went down for corruption, but went down for like a hundred dollars of corruption and like <laughs> despised like one of the most hated political figures in Illinois because he only went down for he only did a hundred dollars of uh, of crimes mm. whereas like <laughs> our current governor did like a bunch of really funny fraud and everyone loves him because it's hilarious where he like he like he like took all of the bathrooms out of one of his houses so it wouldn't be awesome. ca- classified as a house <laughs> oh, then, see that's yeah. that's, that's, that's that it's kind so of Ill, that's that's See, the guy you want in charge of your legislative system because he sees a loophole. <laughs> that's the guy. If we ever have a corruption Olympics, that's our only chance at beating the Russians. Well, but like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, this is okay, Illinois guy, is gonna be our Pritzker, dream team. Like I gotta say, the end coach Pritzker is the least corrupt governor I've had in my lifetime. This is the least corrupt guy. He is like. Like he is corrupt, yeah, a but man like who never shits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I don't Beautiful. know. Illinois yeah. is sort of amazing. Uh, we should probably get back to yeah, yeah, this stuff. And so the last thing mm-hmm. he got was they got him of like conspiracy against rights. It was like a conspiracy against the right to vote and have your vote counted. Which sure, yeah, he pretty did that. bad thing to do, I think. Conspiracy, yeah. Wise. I mean, not it's great. it's not good. Like all of the things that yeah. he like they're accusing of, like he pretty clearly did. Um, yeah, yeah. So. I, I want to also talk about the way this has been being talked about in the media, because one of, one of the things that's happening here, and th- this is this is sort of a trend with all forms of like things that are in the written language, is that everyone only reads the first like maybe one chapter mm-hmm. or like especially the first couple of pages of something from any like written document. So this this is why like all the like, you know, the like uh, uh, abandon all hope ye who enter here from Dante's Inferno. That's 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 the reason that's the line everyone knows, because it's in like the first couple of chapters. And in this yeah. one, with this case, the thing that everyone got to was there's this very early part in the indictment where the guy is like, well, yeah, so like it, it is legal to like lie about the election. Like you have the free speech right to do that. But then mm-hmm. also Trump knowingly lied about the election and used it to try to like fraud, do fraud. And everyone's getting really yeah. hung up on this thing about like trying to like the court having to prove that he knew he was lying, which is kind of like an incidental thing to the actual like, like the actual stuff he's getting charged for, we'll get into it. But like, like, it's not just that he was lying. It's that he was like actively trying to get a bunch of state officials to yeah. like appoint him. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, yeah. this is, this has led to some just like absolutely hilarious shit from Republicans who are like, none of you can prove that Trump knew he was lying. Like there's, there's no way to know. Yeah. Trump is, Trump is, is so Trump that like, you can't, you can't, you can't <laughs> yeah. convict him of yeah. lying because he, he maybe, maybe you just didn't know. It's like, yeah, guys, that may not be the defense you think it is. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This motherfucker's so dumb. You can't. <laughs> Yeah, like this guy doesn't even know if he's full of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Uh, it's like it's like arguing that like somebody who shoots two or three people to death is not guilty because he had his eyes closed was, was pulling the trigger. He didn't know where he was shooting. <laughs> you can't. That's not a crime. <laughs> the, the other one, been, the other one they've been pulling is the old like uh, 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 he didn't know it was illegal. Which I wish yeah, that was how the boy, law worked. That like, is absolutely not how the law works, nope. homies. <laughs> but this is this is you know how who you can made tell, that like, not how the law works, by the way. Yeah, you like, guys. Well, this, is, this is this is how you can tell that like none of these people have ever like had to deal with the legal system at all ever, except for maybe like yeah. I don't know, like one or two of these guys like probably caught weird charges for like 
unregulated securities selling or some shit, but like none of these people have- amongst us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so so the Republican side of it's been very funny. Okay, so before we get into what like specific things they're going after Trump for, I I want to like talk about what his actual what Trump's actual plan was, because I think a lot of it's kind of been forgotten. So yeah. the, the first plan, and this is the part that is that is not actually in this trial at all, right? Like not really. Like there, 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 there's there's there, his initial plan to steal the election was that okay. So one of the things that happened in, in 2016 uh, was that like absentee voters like over like not overwhelming, but absentee voters like swung enormously Democrat, right? And that was one of the things Trump mm-hmm. had been using to prove there was like voter fraud or whatever. Um, and then mm-hmm. you know COVID happened. And so Trump had this like, you know, had, had, a, had a plan, which was like on a, what it, he's like, OK, so on election night, it's going to look like I won because they're only going to have counted like they're only going to yeah. have counted the votes that were like done yeah. in person. And those are overwhelmingly Trump. And I, I remember like that night, like having to tell all my friends like, no, 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 these are not the real results. This is this is this is just the in-person votes. The absentee votes yeah. are coming. Yeah. And his initial plan was to try to just like declare victory that night. Basically, yep. try to declare victory immediately and then get everyone to stop counting. And that didn't work. Like, even like even Fox <laughs> yeah. News wouldn't eventually like stop playing along with it. Like this got them in huge trouble with Trump because they like called Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> no, yes. he's yeah. still yeah. pissed about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, and again, like this, this didn't work. So they didn't like he's not being tried for that, even though that was also very blatantly the Tepestilvi election. What, what they are charging him for was so after after so there was like that stuff and there was all these like stop the vote mobs that kept showing up in places. Yes. Stop the count. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like stop the count. But then also in some yeah. places they were like, we need to count more. And some places oh, yeah. Stop. yeah. And it was like it yeah. was a it was a whole thing. But, you know, when, once that fails. Right. Trump and his coup plotters are like legal people are just sort of like freestyling it. And that's the part where you get to the actual conspiracies <laughs> that is being charged with here. But before before we get to those conspiracies, do you know what else is a conspiracy? The uh, existence of products and services which you think will improve your life. Yeah, well, how you how go. cheap they are. That's the conspiracy. Yeah. They've lowered the price yeah. so oh. much it is illegal. Mm-hmm. Of all products and services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, Fascinating. That's Deflation. Incredible news. Incredible news. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. 
together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I've got some good news for you. We are all sponsored this week by three shipping crates of illegal contraband Marlboro cigarettes that our buddy Jimmy uh, over at the docks managed to get. So six bucks Matthew. a pack, guys. Six bucks a pack. Just, um, you know, send them to, to Jimmy at ProtonMail.com. He'll, he'll mail you cigarettes. You know, you Venmo him the cash. He'll send you some cigarettes. There you go. This is probably less illegal than anything we're talking about right now. Yeah, almost certainly. <laughs> Look, it's not against the law <laughs> yeah. to sell cigarettes that that you don't pay, pay taxes on. I think we can all agree that that's fine. Actually, no, yeah, you, you can uh, do that in an airport. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you legally oh, yeah. can do that if you're selling it in an airport. If you're selling it in an airport, yeah, if it's duty free, right? And I, mm-hmm. because I have such a childlike imagination, the whole world is really my airport. Ergo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we sh- we can always sell tax free cigarettes here at Cool Zone Media. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the uh, the small plane that that takes off from Robert's yeah. house every day. It's like a yeah. remote control plane, but that's right. He's that's exempt right. from all tax law. It it, tex- it technically counts, uh, and we are also allowed mm-hmm. to run those uh, those Joe Camel ads again. Um, so <laughs> you know, everybody who's '90s nostalgic, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Once you made it. <laughs> All right. So the first conspiracy thing that he's getting charged with is the like fake electors thing. He also yes. has like six unnamed co-conspirators. And we know we probably know who like five of them are. So uh, the first one obviously is Rudy Giuliani, who is having mm-hmm. I the, the the time of his life question mark. Oh, he is. He is <laughs> like he is melting so funny. live on TV. <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah. <laughs> um, the, the second one's probably John Eastman. And this is interesting because Eastman is the guy who he's like the legal mind behind January 6th. Where he, he's the guy who like thinks that he's found a loophole in the law that allows like the vice president to refuse to certify the election. Yeah. And so yeah. this is I, I want to make something clear at the outset. Like he does not have like 
Pence does not have the power to do this. You're not like, allowed to do that. No, no, yeah. no like you <laughs> no. can't do this, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like this is if 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 Pence had gone along with this, that would have been a coup, right? Like that, you yeah. Know, they call this, yeah, like, that would have Brazil, been a coup. Lawfare, like, there's right? like, not a clause in the Constitution no. that says unless this guy doesn't want to have <laughs> yeah, an like, election. This is not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's some like Admiralty flag tier yeah. fucking legal conspiracy. Yeah. That's that's Reddit not shit. really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed it came from Reddit before he found it. That's, yeah. where, that's where it originates. I, it's some it's some real bullshit. Like this somehow again, th- this is the legal basis for what they were trying to do on January 6th. I I don't know. Words words fail me. Like tragedy is farce of the Brooks Brothers riot, I guess. But like this is like farce number three. At, I don't know. <laughs> I think the first one the first one was Nixon extending the Vietnam War in order to uh uh win his election. The farce was the Brooks Brothers riot. Yeah, and now we're is... at like lead poisoning brain damage. Stage. Yeah, like, like Marx, yeah. This, this is this is this is Marx failed to consider that you could have a third yeah. or fourth farce. Like he only, yeah. he only got to yeah. one. <laughs> oh, so speaking man. speaking of farce, so the third the third uh, co-conspirator is probably Sidney Powell, who apparently the, the, the last I heard about Sidney Powell, I uh, he's currently like owns a bed and breakfast and spends all of his time talking with his guests about the Trump administration. So things are going great for Sidney Powell, who is Honestly, one of Trump's lawyers. A, more or less what I would like him to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he can just keep sticking to doing that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So the, the fourth guy is Jeffrey Clark, who doesn't really matter. The fifth guy, I just want to like, okay, so I, I, I partially, there's only like only really Giuliani Eastman and Powell matter, but uh, the, the fifth guy is named Kenneth Chelsebro, which that's okay. No, Mia, <laughs> you're fucking with us now. Like I, that's I, not a name. That's I, not a name. I, I, I got nothing. I don't know. Like that they, is not a name. They they have like dug up members of like the old aristocracy that like I. <laughs> I, I got nothing. I, am, I don't know. They're, I've never just, I've never been this angry in my life. That's not <laughs> a name. Making shit up now. <laughs> like that's that. Yeah, okay. It's not Cheesebro. It's Chelsea Bro. I can't see this person's name. I've no idea. It's it's, it's C H E S E Bro. Chelsea Bro. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's no version of Cheese how you bro. say that's that. It's like name a that town outside of Boston. Yeah, I uh, I, <laughs> I know. I know something in Central same, California. Hi, like, bro. Name. Is he bro? Okay, so we should also. She's really? That's so bad. Yeah, no, I know a guy from Central California with that name. That is that is viscerally Uh, upsetting. Okay, so so speaking of viscerally (laughs) upsetting, so we should remind everyone how we should remind everyone how American elections work because it's it's really one of the worst systems anyone's ever developed. So, okay, so like as as most people probably know, you don't directly elect the president. What you do instead is each each state of like you vote. Well, okay, so sorry, let's wrap this up. Each state selects electors. Now, there's nothing in the Constitution that says you have to select electors by like voting for them. Uh, It's just that every state chose to do that. There's like a whole crank theory of Republican like legal jurisprudence where they're trying to use that to be able to just like not basically not have normal elections but you know so because this is like dog shit right like it's it's bad for a number of reasons the, the first obvious one is that like this means you the u.s does not have one person one vote at all 
like the entire American political system is just a, a giant violation of the principle of one person, one vote, because people's votes are just worth more than others because of the electors. The second thing that's really bad, right, is again, like those individual electors can technically vote like however they want to. So you could you could be an elector who's yes. supposed yeah, to vote yeah. for someone yeah. and then vote for someone else. It's actually happened, although it, it well, I'm not mattering, but like one of Gore's electors, I think, defected to uh, uh, what's his name, the third guy who ran. Uh, I can't remember his name. Someone in 2016, the, the, the Green also Party guy. Yeah. Um, someone did it in 2016 as well. I think rogue elector. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of like I don't know if this is a good. I was going to talk about the difference between procedural and substantive democracy. I could talk about it now or later but i think it relates to what you're talking about sure yeah let's no, no, go ahead and do it now so without yeah there were there were 10 in 2016 wow some inter- oh, faith spotted eagle is the one i'm thinking of someone voted for faith spotted eagle but yeah okay so one thing i wanted to talk about like with relation to what you're saying Mir, is like the difference between procedural and substantive democracy because i think it's really important uh when we're looking at like what's happening in the u.s so when we talk about like a lot of this language comes from the like 1990s obsession with transitions to democracy that happened a lot in political science, right? Like and, and history to an extent where we were looking at these like post-Soviet countries and post-colonial countries, uh, and as they like moved towards this like what's considered a democracy in the kind of neoliberal frame, um, we talked about procedural and substantive democracy. So procedural democracy are things which have the institutions and procedures in place. You vote. There, there are elections, uh, the ballots are cast, and that results in, in this case, the electors going to the Electoral College, and the Electoral College delivers a president. And then substantive democracy is where people have a substantive say, a, a, a means of deciding who is in charge, right? Who runs the state. And the US is moving further and further from substantive democracy. Like, it's been interesting to see people bringing that, like, because, of course, that 1990s discourse was centered heavily in the US, right, as like the paragon of democratic virtue. And then it was used to condescend to other countries and be like, oh, you're not a fully consolidated democracy. Right? Um, Linz and Stepan, if people want to look up Linz and Stepan, if they're really bored, they can. But um, they talk about like a consolidated democracy being one where uh, democracy is the only game in town. And all of this stuff like, was heavily based on kind of aspiring to be the US, right? Countries in Africa, Eastern Europe, aspiring to be an American democracy. And it's very funny now to see that the US doesn't fit most definitions of a substantive democracy or a consolidated one. Like, it's not the only game in town for millions of Americans anymore. No. And it, yeah, it's highly amusing. My, my, my other favorite- Yeah, amusing is what I would call it. Absolutely, James. Yeah, it's funny. It's just funny. Nothing bad will happen. It's fine. Yeah, my, my, my other favorite example of like those of like how bullshit those like democracy theorists were was like every yeah. single one of those people, the moment the Zapatista uprising happened, just like immediately shut the fuck up and never mentioned it ever. Like it just does not <laughs> come up like in the thing. Uh. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the like, yeah, a lot of them really had a lot of them also were like too busy looking at things and like the, the, in Spain, right? People looked at Spain's quote unquote transition as one of the earlier models and then went on to model things off Spain. Spain is at best an incomplete transition now, right? People paying attention to the most recent elections will maybe have noticed this. Like Spain is not, Spain is not a country where democracy is the only game in town, right? They had an attempted coup in 1981. And so like they're, they're kind of looking backwards off something because Spain was satisfactorily democratic for them, uh, but it certainly wasn't for a lot of Spanish people. 
So yeah, not a big fan. Yeah, well, and I don't know about you guys, but I think there's nothing wrong with the way we decide things are democracies. Mm-hmm. Seems good. God great. gave it on the tablets <laughs> so to uh, some old white men yeah. who had slaves, and that that is good. Right. Yeah, it's it's been funny also watching those people trying to like actually go back and look at like at what point the U.S. became a de- like a democracy in any real sense, and it's like like we really like if you're gonna do this seriously, you cannot argue that it was a democracy until like after Jim Crow. So like really like the '60s, and even then, so like I don't know like. I, I, there's been a lot of attempts to sort of make this stuff work, but then also you have all of this bullshit where again, like be, because, because it's based on this elector shit, you can like, this is how Trump was able to like to try to do all of this very weird stuff. And this is the sort of, you know, th- this is the part where we get into like Trump's second plan, which his plan, and this is the one he's actually getting charged for. So his thing was, he was trying to get states to just like ignore the popular vote. And decertify. So there's this process where like there's a day on which like the the, like electors that do the electoral votes are like certified. And so his he he was trying to do a couple of things before that. He was trying to like get the actual electors like not certified and then have like another set of electors appointed that would vote for him. And then that didn't work. And so he was trying to get. So like on that same day, there were also a bunch of slates of electors that like like did like a fake appointment thing basically like trying to claim they were the real electors in a bunch of states yeah in michigan or somewhere right okay yeah places i think yeah and this one was funny too because like some of the people who were like who like were on these slates like didn't know that they weren't the real electors like they had just been told that they were the real (laughs) so they like unwittingly were like part of this coup attempt um and so the the indictment so th- that that that's the second part. And so that also was kind of falling apart. And so then we get to the sort of third thing, which is this entire effort to get Mike Pence to not certify the election. Or so there's two versions of it. One was that he doesn't certify the election at all. And then the, the second version of the conspiracy was like the, the so there, there were these states set up where Trump had put like a second slate of electors. And the plan was to like have those were like contested states. And so the plan was to have Pence say that like none of those states had actually validly selected electors, so their votes don't matter, and then just, like, say that Trump won the election. And none of this makes any sense. And the reason this is, like, incomprehensible is that, like, none of this makes any sense, right? Like, this is all just gibberish. It's bullshit. Yeah. But, but, into this mess drops Danny Quayle. Uh, now, I think everyone, uh, like, okay, so you two know who Danny Quayle is. I, 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 yeah. I'm realizing I, I was running into people when I, when I've been talking about this sort of story that I'm about to tell who don't know who Danny Quayle is. And I, I, I feel I have a moral obligation to introduce this guy. Yeah. Give the man his full name here. James Danforth Quayle. Oh God, I didn't know his name was Danforth. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> Normative determinism at its finest here. Yeah. So Quail, I think, is probably most famous for. So he, <laughs> he was he was George H. W. Bush's vice president, right? And yeah. so, okay, so I, I want to tell the actual full. So the 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 common version of the story that happens is that he doesn't know, he didn't know how to spell potato, and that's true. But the actual story is so much funnier than that. So okay, Quail is so okay. So Quail is is George H. W. Bush's vice president, right? It's 1992. Like the like they're on they're like starting to go into election season. 
Yeah. And Quail goes to like the spelling bee that's happening in this elementary school to like promote some <laughs> random horrible project. idea. Horrible idea. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he yeah, asked this there, kid. Buddy. He asked this kid to spell potato, and the kid uh. walks up and he and the kid spells potato correctly. This kid is like eight. Right, this is, this, is a, this is like a middle school. It is like tiny, and then so and then I, I Quail looks at it and looks at the, apparently they had a card that was spelled wrong, but Quail doesn't realize that the card spelled wrong. So he he goes no. to the board. He looks at the kid and goes, "Well, you need just to add something to the end card. of it." And this kid is just yeah. baffled because she spelled yeah. potato correctly. What do you mean? So what the fuck are you talking e about? The, the vice president of the United... That kid's an anarchist now. Like, there's there's no someone, way to... Someone, someone did a follow-up with him. Apparently, he like yeah. he's like a small business owner or something, and he just tells ah, the story tragic. all the time. Uh, very funny, oh. though. But, okay, this, this, th this was a that's period a good of American history. Kid. Like, mm. this like is one of the reasons that George H.W. Bush didn't win re-election. Like, this broke yeah. 12 unbroken years of Republicans winning every single election. Based... He does seem like a plant. Like a, I've, I don't know if you've got some of his other ridiculous. Oh quotes, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna some read some of his quotes. Okay. So so banging, lest you yeah. think Quail just had like one flub. Like no, he's just like this. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna read a couple. Of, so th there's like a bunch of people who spent a bunch of time extensively documenting Dan Quail quotes because that's what you did on the internet in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Holocaust was an obscene period in our nation's history. I mean, this century's oh, no. history. But we all okay. lived in this century. Okay. I didn't live in this century. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. I feel like I want to diagram that one. Like, what What were you trying to get sense. across there, Dan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, cocaine was really kicking in. <laughs> you know, he has this kind of, in the same way that Trump has, like, this can't in which he does all of his incomprehensible things, like, yeah. Quail also has a can't. Like, he, he does this kind of thing where he does the, like, he says a sentence, and then he says, I mean something else, I mean something else, and it, it, it doesn't, none of them follows from the other one. So he, he has he's one of the other famous ones. Hawaii has always been a pivotal a pivotal role in the Pacific. It is in the Pacific. It is a part of the United States. It is an island that is right there. Wow. <laughs> Fuck me. That's very now, Quail famously you went on to write large portions of Wikipedia, so that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Quail's own Wikipedia calls him an intellectual lightweight and incompetent individual. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just not untrue. Pretty, pretty hard to argue about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mars is essentially in the same orbit. Mars is somewhat the same distance from the sun, which is very important. We have seen pictures where there okay. are canals, okay. we believe, and water. Ah, if there is water, okay. that means there is oxygen. <laughs> if oxygen, okay. that means we can breathe. Oh, good. Okay. Wow. There's a lot, lot of science coming this out man, of that statement. This man was vice president of the United States. We, we we have a firm commitment uh, to NATO. We are a part of NATO. We have a firm commitment to Europe. We are a part of Europe. Sure. Yeah. <sighs> He's so good. Well, it's no, you see, Mia, you just you you were not you are not up on your um your geographic history because the mountain ranges in Scotland are the same mountain range as the Appalachians. So technically, we are in Europe. Mm -hmm. hmm. In many ways. Damn, okay, ways, I've, I've, yeah. been, I've been styled yeah. on by Dan Quayle. There you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now, okay, other than the fact that it's really funny, you, like, why why am I talking about Danny Quayle? And the answer is that, okay, so remember, Trump needs, for, for his, like, completely nonsense thing to, like, even kind of go to the next step of failing, he needs to convince Mike Pence to not certify the election. 
And mm-hmm. Pence is like legitimately going back and forward on this. He's like he's having this like moral dilemma and like he like wants to do it. But he's he's having problems making a decision. And so he calls his old friend Danny Quayle. And I think this is a really fascinating moment of sort of, you know, like this. I think it's a really fascinating indication of like how off the rails everything has gotten since well, really since 2016. But like 2020 sort of just like accelerates the magnitude of this, which is that like Quayle is like the human symbol of the decrepitness of American politics in the 80s and 90s. Right. Like this is a guy who makes like senile Reagan look like a genius and in 2020 and 2021, like Pence is supposed to be one of the like, quote unquote, adults in the room in 2020. And Pence goes to quail and is like, uh, I, would, I, I need to, I need to do this coup. Like, I don't have a choice. I'm under so much pressure. And Danny Quayle, the man who can't spell potato instantly is like, no, what are you talking about? Like, you can't do this coup. Like, yeah. you obviously can't do this. And and Pence, Pence just like argues with him. He's like, no, no, like he keeps arguing with him. Like, no, I have to do it. I have to do it. And Quayle's like, what are you talking about? Like, of course you can't like not certify the election. Like, what what are you doing? And this actually works. This convinces Pence not to not to, to, to actually certify yeah. the election. And so, you know, we, we, we have reached a point in history where like. You can make an argument. I don't think it's correct, but you can make an argument that Danny fucking Quayle saved the American Republic. <laughs> yeah, he saved <sighs> us from two Republican presidents. <laughs> I, He's done oh, better than Hillary Clinton. I just, I, I don't know. I, I can't get over this. Just like Danny Quayle is yeah. the voice of reason and moderation. And like, oh God, I don't know. Yeah, this country. It, it's bizarre. The whole thing is, is bizarre. Yeah, it's it's bleak. Um, we should do an ad break. I don't I don't have a pivot there. Speaking of auto gope, gulp down these products automatically. Magical. Bean Dad, the dress, thirty to fifty feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back to a bit more fraud. So, okay, the other thing is being... Yeah, this is... Actually, wait, is this actually fraud? No, I I guess this is the fraud one. It's still technically a fraud one. Yeah, that's part of it, at least. Yeah, so so we've reached the, like, third and fourth indictments. It's actually really funny. If you go read the thing, all of the actual text of the indictment with the evidence and stuff is all under the first indictment and then the second third and fourth ones are like yeah go refer to x paragraphs of like the first one so there's the second yeah. third and fourth like charges are like <laughs> like one paragraph long but basically th- this is about the january 6th stuff they they spent a bunch of time listing like all of the random stuff that trump said about the election that was not true they also have a very funny list of all of the people who told him that like this stuff wasn't true which includes Mike Pence, uh, the leadership of the Justice Department, the director of national intelligence, the head of CISA, which is uh, the Department of Homeland Security, cybersecurity agency, a bunch of White House attorneys, like his own staff, uh, and all of his politicians yeah, supposed to be backing him. He's like, every single person was like, this is not yeah. real. And Trump was like, no, 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 yeah. hold on. <laughs> we, we can still win the election. <laughs> You know, okay, so there's like that stuff. And then there's there's the stuff that like he like specifically did to like try to pressure these state politicians into like certifying him as president. So like they he he had a bunch of calls and like his like staff people had a bunch of calls. We were like they they tried to get uh like the 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 speaker of the house in Arizona to do this by saying there was voting fraud. And the speaker of the house was like, "Okay, there's no we haven't found any fraud." Um I, I'm going to I'm going to read from the thing. Co-conspirator two concluded that he, quote, didn't know enough about the facts on the ground in Arizona, but nonetheless told the Speaker of the House to decertify and, quote, let the court sort it out, sort it out. So, again, th- this is this is this is the Roger Stone strategy, but done like yeah. so unbelievably poorly. Yeah. Yeah. And so and there, there there's a bunch of sort of like list there's like all this list of like this like trump does like identical stuff in like michigan and pennsylvania there's like that phone call in georgia he gets in trouble for uh stuff in wisconsin there's another thing he tried to do which i actually hadn't heard about this one 
I I don't know. It's either I just forgot it or I just never ran into it where he was trying to like use Justice Department letterhead and like the the, the signature of the acting attorney general <laughs> to like send the fa- like pretend to send a letter from the Justice Department to a bunch of states to tell them there was fraud and get them to like amazing my yeah. mom says i'm sick and i can't come to school <laughs> yeah and, and the funny thing is the problem is they, they so they, they try to there's write. a lot that's funny about that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna see it yeah thing. we gotta pluralize that fucker it's so good <laughs> and, and the, the scheme falls apart because again the guy trump appointed as the acting attorney general is like no like you cannot nah, use my nah, name nah, to bro. say the fake letter for the justice department and they keep trying to argue with him and it keeps not working and th- this uh, is where we get to another part of this whole thing that I, this has been getting a lot of press attention and it's interesting, but I, th- I think there's more to the story that people haven't been talking about, which is so the guy who's probably Jeffrey Clark, like gets into an argument with the deputy White House counsel and the deputy White House counsel is, you know, is, is telling is telling Jeffrey Clark, who I think is one of Trump's lawyers, is telling him like like Trump can't stay in office like there, there's no version of this where Trump stays in office after like January 20th. And he says, yeah. quote, there would be riots in every major American city. And then the guy who's probably Clark says, quote, well, deputy White House counsel, that's why there's an insurrection act. And this is where we need to get to another yeah. a couple of interesting parts of the story. One, you know, to one be of clear, the- when you're saying that's why we have an insurrection act, you're saying we can just shoot those people. Yeah. In the streets. Yeah. That, like, that is what that statement means. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That, but, and, and that is what the stakes were. Everybody who was out in the streets in 2020 was aware of this. Yeah. Yes. And, and yeah. you know, I, this is the thing I, I kind of want to talk about, which is that, like, part of the reason this coup fails is that. So Trump is talking about doing the Insurrection Act twice in 2020. Well, I guess once in 2020, I think this might have been the second time might have been 2021. But like in, in that last year. He he tries to yeah. like use the insurrection act against the uprising in 2020, and his like his chief of staff like like a bunch of like a bunch of generals and his own chief of staff like tell him to fuck off, and that's like part of the reason why this didn't happen. Which which is interesting because like I don't know like there there have been like there have been times where the U.S. Army like has been deployed against like riots like this right like this happened this happened in the 90s, but. In, in this situation, the army just like absolutely completely refused to play ball. Um, and we've we've gotten some really kind of interesting. Uh, so so the other thing that's happening here is like just the complete hollowing out of journalism as an institution where all of these people know all of the all these journalists like know a bunch of incredibly important stuff and they won't tell anyone because they, they're saving it for their books. Yep. Classic. And, you know, and it's like um, among the things that we sort of learned in this period is like there, there's basically this like. I don't know what you call it. Like I, you could either call it like a quad it basically, or you could call it like a national unity government, which is in power for two weeks, basically where um, Pelosi Miley, who's, a, a, who's a, a, the, the chief of staff, who's a general like Mike Pence, Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell basically are like running the government for two weeks because they've successfully put together this counter coup where the, like the, the military has refused to like go along with Trump, like, trying to overthrow the government. And this is very deeply, I don't know, there's some very deeply interesting stuff here where there's a, there's a, there's a book called I Alone Can Fix It, which a couple of journalists are coming out with. And there's some interesting quotes from it, from specifically General Mike Miley, who's like the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who was appointed by Trump. 
by the way. This, this is this is an important thing because like Trump, there's like seven guys who are like absolute ghouls, like Mike Pompeo, like CAA ghoul, who are who just like look at this coup and are like, no. And Miley stuff is wild. Like Miley directly can like in, in yes. meetings is comparing Trump to Hitler. Yeah. He says, quote, yeah. this is a Reichstag yeah. moment. Miley told AIDS, the gospel of the fearer. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, and there's, there's uh, a, a, I talked about this a little bit ahead of earlier. There, there are some unconfirmed reports that Miley and a number of other like U S military high ranking officers basically had like a book club. And one of the books they went through in 2020 was a book about the Nazis' rise to power in Germany. I, I kind of suspect it might have been Death of a Democracy because that was big at the time. But it would make sense because he's talking in substantial detail about, like, he's very, you can tell he's very focused in this period on Nazis taking over the government. Like, he yeah. talks yeah. about it a lot. Yeah. And he, he has, so he has, I'm going to read a couple other quotes from him. Um, he has this thing where I, th- I think he's talking to Pompeo here, where he's talking about like this coup, and he says uh, they may try, but they're not going to fucking succeed. He told them, "You can't do this without the military. You can't do this without the CIA and the FBI. We're the guys with the guns." And he's right about this. And this is a really crucial thing that Trump fucks up about how to do a fascist mm-hmm. coup is that you can't actually like fascist coups don't work without the at least passive acquiescence of the state. Like if the state tries, yeah. to, if the army tries to stop you, your coup is not going to work. Right. Unless, like unless you're someone like Franco, who like has control of a huge portion of the army. If, if you try to do one of these sort of weird paramilitary things and the army just says no, like you're screwed. And this this, I think, was always part of Trump's sort of problem was that, like, you know, if he'd sort of spent his time consolidating the kind of like fascist institutions, the neocons set up. Right. Like if he'd spent his time like, you know, actually like actually developing loyalty in the FBI and the CIA and like going through and like turning Department of Homeland Security, like, you know, into, into like an even more fascist organization. He might have been able to do this. But like at the very end, like you have Miley saying this is this is on uh, right, this is on exercises right before the inauguration. Uh, yeah. He says, quote, here's the deal, guys. These guys are the not are Nazis. They're Buchler boys. They're proud boys. These are the same people we fought in World War Two. Miley told them everyone in this room, whether you're a cop, whether you're a soldier, we're going to stop these guys to make sure we have a peaceful transfer of power. We're going to put a steel ring around this city and the Nazis aren't getting in. <laughs> Like, somehow, uh, you know what? Credit where guys, it's due. Like, That's I, a pretty yeah. cool thing to get to have said. I, yeah, wild. yeah. What, <laughs> so, so, somehow, just, like, all, somehow, all basically of the, all him of, and like, Zukov. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like some, somehow, some, somehow, like, all, all of, like, suddenly, like, the American, like, all of, like, the senior command of the American army suddenly turned into, like, 1942 American generals. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I, I, again, I, I try to say this, I try to bring this up a lot to, like, more radical folks when you if you want to get a lot of like the centrist lib types on your side you could do a lot worse than hearkening back to that whole world war ii thing there's a lot of propaganda invested in getting guys like mm-hmm. millie to want to feel like that so and in this yeah, case it worked out for us yeah I, apparently <laughs> yeah. i don't know lib yeah. lib, lib antifa uh, has poured has pulled one out i guess uh it's certainly uh, better than if the head of the military had been like I guess I'm fine with this. So I don't yeah, know. Whatever. I, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I have no complaints, R.E., his performance <laughs> in that specific moment. Uh, other than that, 
they did actually get in. So, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. But that was well, afterwards, right? This was, this Between was the 6th and the 20th. This was on, like, the 14th yeah, yeah, yeah. when they were drilling for the, the, yeah. the inauguration. When they stuffed yes. the Capitol with National Guard soldiers like a yes. sausage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just full I, of I them. guess it worked. I don't know. My other conclusion from this, though, is when, when you have reached the position of, like, you're, you're trying to figure like your top generals are trying to figure out who has enough guns to, to, to figure out whether a coup can happen. Like things are things are not good. This is a this is a a, a bad sign yeah. TM for. No, it's like, and it's democracy. not good. Like as nice as it is to hear that Millie understood the stakes, which is good. It's good that he understood the stakes, given his position. It's not good that like so much came down to the fact that a couple dudes didn't suck in this specific way. Yeah. Like that's not a great sign for the first stability of democracy. No. Yeah. Cause I yeah, mean, cause, no one voted for Miley. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, that's unsettling. It, yeah. The, the, the whole democratic system was more or less on the edge of failing. And a dude who was good at war stepped in and was like, yeah, okay, we, yeah, we and don't like, want to do this. And this, but, this, like, is, this is one of those things, right? We, we know what this looks like with Bush. We're like, if, if you actually know how to press the buttons of the system, right, you can do this. But yeah. Trump just like, didn't, have enough control of the state apparatus and tried to sort of replicate it with street violence. And it, and that just didn't work. Trump's p- problems here are twofold. One of them is that he is not capable of loyalty to anyone or anything else. Yeah. Whereas a guy like George W. Bush is, which means he's capable of getting teams together who are willing to take some of like who are willing to go out on a limb for him to some extent. And Bush also is system loyal. Now that doesn't mean he's not willing to fuck with the system for his own benefit, but he has a vested interest in the system continuing more or less the way that it has, right? As opposed to breaking it specifically forever for his own like uh, uh, power. Um, you know, he was not a guy who was interested in staying in office forever. I don't say this to defend the man. He killed hundreds of thousands of people yeah. minimum. Um, but because he was willing, he had a degree of loyalty to the system as it was seen by most people. There was not this kind of rebellion from sort of within it, right? Like, in fact, that deep state was largely sympathetic with him. They were willing to go with like the fucking yeah. around with the election as long as, you know, the broader structures that had given them a place to exert power uh, and influence remained intact. And Trump was basically saying, if Millie had gone with this, if everyone had gone with this, what you are accepting is that nothing matters but this guy's opinion, right? There's not actually any sort of power in the system that you have risen to the top of. There's not any sort of power in these unelected structures within the system um, that you clearly think are important because they are how you why like where you have seen success, right? Like, and frankly, you know, people aren't willing to do that sort of thing. And also, you're you're fighting against uh, a lot of people who want to whatever fucked up things they are willing to do, they have a lot emotionally invested in the idea that they serve a democracy. Now, is that a a morally flawless <laughs> idea? Are they always in fact like, no, of course not. Like like everyone, they're they're hypocrites to certain right. extents, but you can't push them that far. Like Bush pushed them about as far as you can push people like that, right? Um, this Trump didn't have any respect for making it, for dressing it up, Right. And he didn't have any respect for the thing that they were a part of. And so, of course, a lot of them didn't go with him. Yeah. And, and I think this gets back to something mm-hmm. I've talked about a bit with with what 
what the neocons were doing, which is that the, the neocons are about like the state of exception, right? They're about this, like, you know, we've had the war, we now have the war on terror, we've had 9-11, and that means the country's in this state where like we have the power to be like the people inside the system who are not bound by it, who can do whatever you want. And like that is yeah. Yeah. descriptively right. Like this is, you know, both Carl Schmidt, the like Nazi jurist, like that that was explicitly like his model of how you do fascism, yeah. right? And it's, it's yeah, also and, like something, you know, and but but the thing is, again, like that's a very different thing than what Trump was doing. Right. Yes. Like Trump wasn't doing like Trump wasn't doing this thing where he like, you know, uses the apparatus of the state. He was he was doing a different like. Different kind of one of, the, of this is what a lot of people don't understand about the Nazis is that when Hitler took power and for the first half to two thirds of his time in power, uh, he was very much concerned about the military and constantly making exceptions and altering and moderating aspects of his policy in order to keep the military on his side. And that continued depending on kind of where you want to put it, either up until the Anschluss or up until the invasion of Poland, really to a significant extent. Um, he Whereas Trump did not, again, there's no sort of, um, he has no sort of respect and I'm not saying like you should have respect for the military. No, no. But well, I'm saying that because no, he, he did not like power. Yeah, the fact that he did not, or the FBI for that matter, is one of the reasons why this didn't work for him. Yeah, and 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 this was this was always a kind of a problem that he has ideologically, which is like one of the things that makes him popular is he was running like against the deep state, right? And like yeah, like yeah, like I don't know, lots of people in the like I don't like the intelligence agencies. Like the intelligence agencies can fuck off. The, the fact that like the fact that the intelligence agencies finally found a coup they wouldn't support. Like it's not a sign that they're good, but the we problem with yeah. yeah, but like the problem with this is like Trump is ex- you know he he wins the primary like very explicitly by running against a, a lot of the he, like n- like by name running against neoconservatism. You could argue the extent to which he actually broke with it in terms of like appointing like Gina. You know, he he puts a bunch of neocon ghouls like back in power, right? right. But like but, like nominally he's running against that specific thing, and it turns out that like if if if, right. you, if your appeal is you know, being a, like a nominally anti-systemic force and then you have to try to use those systems to stay in power. It's like, well, you know, this this happens. Like now you are getting charged by Jack Smith and you have like 78 yeah. counts against you <laughs> instead of yeah. uh, you are now the fearer. Yeah, a, a lot of it is, you know, first off, people want to be able to believe nice things about themselves and Trump didn't really give them the option of doing yeah, that. No. And, and yeah. second of all, people who are achieve this kind of level within the system want you to treat the system they've succeeded in as if it matters. Like it's that simple, I yeah. think, in a lot of yeah. ways. They want to yeah. feel validated and valued. And he yeah. was just like, no, fuck you all. I'm doing my coup. And then yeah. was genuinely shocked when people were like, well, we ain't coming with you, bro. We're on your yeah, I, I don't I, I really feel no, no desire or no, uh, no impetus to <laughs> yeah. move with you. Yeah. I don't anyway, think this, this is a good idea. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens with these indictments. I uh, I don't know. I I genuinely this is the important. Yeah, this is the one that like matters. of all the yeah, indictments, like, this is the one that matters. Yeah, and I don't know. We'll we'll see if this actually substantively plays a role in the election. I mean, I I don't think there's a possibility that I can cost Trump the primary. Like, but no, 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 no. Yeah, no, like, nothing, nothing but like a heart attack could do that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's, it, it is, I, I will say, I had some other stuff prepared that I think we'll move to another episode just because of how this has gone. But I do want to note, I want to talk a little bit at the end here about 
does is this going to matter like electorally for for Trump? Yeah. Right? Is this going to have an, an impact on his chances of winning the general? Um, I think we're all agreed it's not really worth talking about the primary. He's going to win the primary, barring an act of God. Um, yeah. And that's where what? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so there's some info on this. Uh, basically, on March 29th, he was averaging about 45% in national primary polls, which is, I, I'm bringing up here because they help show the impact of the indictment because you don't have a lot of national polls from that time, um, a national yeah. like general election polls. Um, so 45% in March uh, after his first set of indictments uh, in April, he was up to 54%. Um, so that first set of indictments did not harm him, may have helped him consolidate power, may have like activated a chunk of his base. Um, the second indictment did not work the same way, though. After June 8th, when it uh, was reported that he was being indicted for the classified document shit and <laughs> obstructing justice and getting them back. Yeah, yeah. The second um, indictment his, hit the towers. His, yeah, his average support <laughs> in the primary fell, um, not by a massive amount, by a couple of percentage points, as did his average net favorable rating. So you saw at least a um, he hit a wall and bounced back a little bit. Not massive, not a, a sea change, but enough to show that it's not accurate to say voters don't care. It's more accurate to say, based on what we've we've seen so far, voters seem to care differently about different indictments. Um, and I, I, I want to read a quote from a 538 article about his indictment polls here. Although we can't prove that all these shifts happened because of the indictments, the difference in reaction at least suggests that Americans are drawing distinctions between Trump's various legal troubles, and other polling backs that up. According to a YouGov Yahoo News poll from July 13th through 17th, 50% of registered voters considered falsifying business records to conceal hush money payments to a porn star to be a serious crime, but 64% of registered voters considered it a serious crime to take highly classified documents from the White House and obstruct efforts to retrieve them. Similarly, a June 22nd to 26th poll from the Associated Press and ORC Center for Public Affairs Research found that only 35% of U.S. adults thought Trump did something illegal when it came to the hush money payments, but 53% thought he did something illegal with regards to classified documents found at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. By the this logic, this third indictment could be even more damaging to Trump than the one involving classified documents. According to the same YouGov Yahoo News poll, 69% of registered voters considered it a serious crime to attempt to obstruct the certification of a presidential election. And 71% said the same about conspiring to overturn the results of a presidential election. So it's going <laughs> to take us- a troubling yeah. low number, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish it, it should be higher. You, you yeah, would, yeah, yeah. You would think. Yeah. But that does, that does suggest that this could do him some damage. Um, and especially since all of this is going to keep getting litigated, right? Like- Fucking people who get who have a decent lawyer and get arrested for like a DUI can drag a court case out for a year. This will be yeah. going on during the yeah. election. It may yeah. hurt him. You know, again, I, I I'm not willing to like say, oh, this is gonna fuck the election, make it impossible for him to get. I don't think the data suggests that. But it it, it there's a I think a, a pretty good chance that this is a net negative for him in terms of you know the election. Um, and broadly speaking, you know. We gave the Dems a lot of shit uh, for a couple of years for not doing enough to actually seriously strike back at the Republican authoritarian outreach. And so it would be unfair of me to not say it's good that they're doing this. Like, it's good that he's facing legal trouble for what he's done. That's not enough to stop him. That's not enough to stop the Republican Party. But it is good that this has been done. Yeah. Yeah. Progress. Shame yeah. it wasn't earlier. Should should have been earlier. You know, 
Yeah, uh, happening during the election is a major L in terms of how he can spin this. Yeah, like, I think that was probably right. a strategic error. Um, but grand juries take forever. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing that's happened is like yeah. there's been all of this time for sort of the Republican PR machine to like spin all of the stuff that happened. And we've, we, you know, and I think like part, part of what's been happening in the last three years is like everyone kind of just like collectively forgetting what actually happened during 2020 and how yes. absolutely nuts it was. And everyone's sort of going back and pretending that like things are sort of like normal now. And it's like, no, no, we're still we're still living in the eternal 2020 and everything is still absolutely nuts. But. I don't know, I, it's like the, there's been this incredible sort of like normalization effort, both both by Biden and also like by the Republicans to make it seem like this was like a normal thing that happened as opposed to like the immediate wake of it where everyone was like, what the fuck? So. <laughs> Hopefully not too little too late. Hopefully this does something, but mm -hmm. we shall see. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, everybody, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I guess go back to paying rent and stuff. Uh, I'm sure 2024 will be fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be any problem. There's 15 more months of this, by the way. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.